Welcome back. This is Robert Fleming, one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And you're listening to Elder Law Issues, a weekly podcast that I do, I host, along with my partner and co-host, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. Elizabeth, welcome back. Hey, Robert. So uh, I thought maybe we could talk about um, something that a listener has asked. It's a fun question, actually. A listener has written saying, hey, so you guys, you deal with aging a lot. Maybe you've thought of some of the challenges of aging that people ought to think about, and particularly those things that are preventable. So I guess that naturally flows into what has gone wrong in the cases that we've dealt with. So Elizabeth, uh, what's your biggest first tip for people who are thinking about aging aging with dignity and grace and doing it well? I would say consolidate. Consolidate your accounts, consolidate your personal property, really think about getting organized. That's my number one tip because for those people who like to have a different account at a different bank for each single thing, as you get older, that's really hard to keep track of. And it's also really hard to keep track of the separate cars that you might have for separate errands or the different kinds of uh, flatware that you might use for different dinner parties. Do you really need to have five different sets of flatware and three cars that you only drive twice a year and 10 different checking accounts? You know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when you got a toaster when you opened up a bank account and in that day a lot of our clients would have accounts small accounts often certificates of deposit at each of five or six different institutions most of those clients were depression babies they were they were young maybe they were uh, early early professional life when the depression hit uh, and uh, and so they were uncomfortable about putting all their money in one bank. So there's this thread that runs through a lot of families of scattering the wealth around. And uh, and I wish people would just stop doing that. You, you have a pretty good coverage under the FDIC for very large accounts. Well, what seemed to me to be very large accounts. You don't need to have five different banks with $6,000 accounts in each one. All 30,000 of those dollars are easily covered under the FDIC insurance. Uh, so consolidate is a great idea. I'm totally with you on that one. And Robert, that, the same goes if you've got all these different investment accounts or a handful of separate different retirement accounts that that you might be able to consolidate. It is not uncommon for us to work with people who are in their 80s and 90s who have never had a financial advisor and who end up having investment accounts at five different institutions and they just kept opening them as they entered new jobs. And now they're retired and they can't really remember why they had all of these different accounts. So it does take some legwork. It takes some time. If you do have a good financial advisor, a wealth manager who has a great administrative team, that's the kind of thing that you can use their help to do to figure out what's the approach to consolidate things. Of course, you can come in and talk to us, but that would be my number one. That's a good one. On a very practical, mechanical level, uh, I've been thinking a lot about stairs. I'm in my late 60s. Uh, I don't have any trouble getting up and down stairs. 
but it's not as much fun as uh, as it might have been at an earlier time to to have to go upstairs to the bathroom and downstairs to the bedroom and 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 travel all those stairs. So if I were suggesting something to uh, to think about in advance, I might use stairs as one of my things that uh, that you might want to. Um, make sure you are in a setting where you have no mobility limitations. Stairs aren't the only mobility limitation, but uh, where you where you minimize those problems, so that you are more likely to be able to age in place without having to move just because you can't navigate your own house anymore. Are stairs the same thing as a steep driveway? Uh, very similar, <laughs> because you know you you might think, oh, I've managed to deal with that steep driveway. I've just I gun it at the base of the driveway, and uh, and I know to slow down as I get near the top. Well, as you get older, you'll be less and less comfortable with that, and you can be trapped in your house if you don't have a comfortable way to come and go. So think about those things when you're choosing your house, when you're moving. Um, you may not be very challenged by the geography of your house today. But do you want to live there for 20 years? So think about what uh, what you're going to be like in 20 years. So, Robert, one of the other things that, that you and I have, have talked about is personal property, and I alluded to this in my first answer. I would tell you that one thing you can do to make your lives e- easier is if you do have five different sets of flatware, do you really need all five? You probably don't. And there might be a relative or a friend, might be a charity, who could really use the other four sets of flatware. And if you've been saving one for a special occasion, well, now's the time. I, I would start using it right now. Uh, don't keep waiting to use that flatware. Get rid of the sets that you don't really love. Use the one that you do. Same thing goes for cars. We have people who have these treasured automobiles that they've waited all their lives to purchase, and then they will only take the car out once a week on a run to the bank or something fun. You know, and they've got their five different beater cars that they use for errands or to go to the library. Forget it. Just use the one really nice car you have and get rid of the beaters. Uh, you know, I, I in my own life, I have a couple of things that I inherited from my grandparents that I just, I, I just love them. I love seeing them. They're sitting on the mantle. I look at them on a regular basis. It gives me a warm feeling. But I got to tell you, if if my grandmother or my grandfather had handed them to me before they died, they would have that much more meaning to me. I would have gotten them from the hand of my ancestor. And I love having them. I love getting them. But they didn't use them for the last 20 or 30 years of their lives, and they really missed an opportunity. I, I still love them and still think fondly of them, and so do most of my cousins, but they missed an opportunity to make a really strong bond. And you don't have to make that same mistake, if it's really a mistake. You can hand over some of your priceless possessions to your children and grandchildren or to your best friend that you're going to leave them to. You can do that now and you can see the, the smile of happiness on their face and, and appreciate it much more uh, profoundly than you will, oh, I don't know, after your debt. And that is probably when we think about personal property and estates, that can often be the one most overwhelming and time-consuming thing that, Robert, while well, you and I can work with a personal representative or successor trustee to figure out what to do with the property, we're, we're not often the ones who are in the storage unit trying to sift through boxes and boxes and boxes. So 
for those of you who are listening and you may have things like old slides or you may have things like old family movies, gosh, get thee to Costco or wherever the heck they do these conversions and get the slides made into photos, digital photos in fact, not prints. And the same goes for your home movies that might be on tape that are sitting there in that box. It is worth the cost to go ahead and convert these things so that they can be saved electronically and shared with your family and friends in the years to come. Because oftentimes, Robert, when we work with people and they go through estates, the things that families don't want to get rid of are things like the old slides or old video footage. But they can't really find a way to divvy it up or to share it. And so it then becomes somebody else's stuff that just sits in the back of back of the closet or, or in the carport. So you know what, it takes effort, but it's worth doing. And I would put that into the organization and consolidation category. Here's one that uh, is terribly important to us lawyers, at least. And that is, it's really great if you not only organize your things, but if you put them all in one, uh, I'm sorry, by things, I mean your estate planning, your financial information, if you put it all in one place. But more fundamentally, please, please, please don't write on the documents or, uh, or on the, make notes on the, uh, the originals or even copies. Um, we cannot tell you how many times we have seen estates go awry because somebody has scratched out a paragraph and said uh, no longer valid. What does that mean, no longer valid? Have you tried to amend your trust or your will? Uh, or do you intend to go talk to the lawyer later? Those are the subjects of litigation all the time. Uh, and, uh, and misplacing the originals, marking up the originals. Oh, and wait, the worst of all, going to a seminar somewhere, um, going back to your financial planner and changing the, the beneficiaries and titles on all your accounts because somebody told you at a seminar that that was a good idea. Please don't do that. If you've had us prepare your estate plan, please talk to us before you change beneficiary designations or titles on accounts. And please never, 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 never write on the documents. Wow, Robert. This list doesn't seem to be that overwhelming, but any one particular thing could really slow down the administration of somebody's estate. So thanks to our listeners for sending in questions. This was a particularly important one, I think, to talk about today. Our list could go on and on here, but... I do think these these points we've brought up are important for people to to keep in mind. Overall, it can be very difficult to start on a project to consolidate things or to figure out how to put all your bank statements together in the same binder that you have the rest of your important documents. But it is time well spent. And chances are, once you've spent 30 minutes on the project of going through your flatware, it's actually not as overwhelming as you thought it was just thinking about it. So. Try and, and make a little bit of a headway. I, I think that most people find that once they get into the process of one of these projects, it can go pretty quickly. So are there a lot of challenges of aging? You bet. There are also some joys with aging that, that we might mention. I don't know if, uh, if listeners could hear a little bit of uh, background noise, but that would be my grandson in the hallways of the, uh, of the office here. And, um, you know, he didn't show up till pretty late in my life, and, uh, and he's, been, uh, he's been quite a joy. Uh, so I don't want to leave the, the listeners with the sense that, oh, getting old is such a, a disaster, everything bad happens to you. 
Yeah, you may have a little more trouble climbing the stairs, um, but think of the, the positive things that happen as well. And on that note, I think we're going to call it a day for today. I'm Robert Fleming. You've been listening to me and Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman talking about elder law issues. We are two of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And, uh, and we'd really love it if you'd join us again for our next podcast episode next week. Thanks. <laughs>